0: Here we go. All right. Welcome to this installment of Brews Interviews. I'm Leonard and I'm here with Mark Bjornstadt, the president and co-founder of Drecker Brewing. So I'm super excited to have you here today, Mark. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here, Leonard. What's the weather
0: like today in uh, in Fargo?
1: It's nice up here. It's probably um I think it's about like 12 degrees. <laughs> um, this is this is not bad for this time of year.
0: Are you we'll are take you, it? Did you get snow recently or
1: Oh, yeah, we've had, I don't even know, a couple feet of snow so far this year. It doesn't go away when we get it, so it accumulates until April or May.
0: So, so I got to tell you something, you know, we're, we're big fans uh, of Drecker Brewing. We have been for the past few years, uh, so much that I've, I've attended the past two uh, Drecker Fest events from you know, L.A. to, uh, to Fargo. Um, so I'm super excited to have you uh, here today to give us some of your time. Uh, let's see you guys were founded in 2014 just give me a little history 2014 uh, and you guys were were and there's there's four of you i believe
1: yep there's four of us that started the brewery our team's a lot bigger now and um it's funny looking back but you know we didn't we didn't start the brewery because um you know because we were home brewers and we wanted to make that a professional thing we did it because you know we had we all had different backgrounds we either you know, had brewed professionally. Um, you know, had the science background behind it, the engineering, or like the the business and marketing side. And we really loved every part of what a what a craft brewery was and what it could be. You know, beside the part of you know doing classic styles and reconnecting people to like an artisan craft, um, but then also our big passion was pushing boundaries and and doing new things with with beer and really challenging people's idea of what beer could be. Um, and then our our real passion and why we wanted to start it was um, that we loved what a, what a community community space a brewery could become. And opening that up to um, to our area and seeing you know what types of events could we host? Um, how, what, what could we add to the fabric and just people's enjoyment in the area? And that's that's one thing that we're really passionate about with Drecker is that we use beer as a catalyst to bring people together, share new ideas, and really just, um, you know have an awesome time.
0: Yeah, I, I, I. So I've been doing some of these interviews uh, over the past couple of years, and uh, I was like, okay, I got to find a, a can of Drecker to pop on the show. Uh, unfortunately for me, and fortunately for you, I guess it was a difficult to normally I could find Drecker pretty easily in in some of the shops that we have, and and I guess uh, it, we were a little low in some of the shops, but I did I did manage to get a couple, um, and uh, and uh, and so lucky like, just coincidentally my Tavor shipment arrived, so uh, and and of course I had some Drecker in in that shipment, so. I have a, a chunk um with white pe- white chocolate and peach. I have a chunk with uh mango and marshmallows and then I have uh everybody love everybody which is a rainbow sherbet sour. Um so I'm figuring out which one of these I should pop. Um hmm. Here we go. Let's try the let try the the chunk with the mango and marshmallows.
1: I'm going to That's a but, huge favorite.
0: Do you suggest like a slight roll to to kind of move the stuff yeah. around a little bit
1: we just give it kind of a couple tips upside down you know turn it tip it up and down a couple times and then it should be good <laughs> we usually say to like you know pour out a third of the can and then give the can a little swirl and pour oh, out yeah. the rest
0: oh yeah yeah because then then you, it'll be thinner if you don't then it'll be thinner at the first pour mm-hmm. versus the the bottom will have uh the adjuncts uh, i do have my official Dreckerfest seven glass here that i, I awesome like. I'm telling you, we're big, we're really big fans. I got to buy magic eight ball somewhere around here from uh from last year's uh, event. What do you do you have anything over there? Or are you on the clock?
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't have anything with me right now, but uh I'm I'm jealous of your mango marshmallow. That's a huge <laughs> hitch around here.
0: All right. So I'm gonna I'll cheers. I'll do a one-sided I'll cheers for both of us. Here you go. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, is such a good adjunct to use. Okay, so let's see. So you guys were homebrewing. How, long were, you, how um, long were you how long were you were you all four of you homebrewing
1: brewing before? before no, we re- we really weren't homebrewing? Um I mean we we either we brewed at um you know professionally a little bit. Um, you know, my background's in biochemistry and microbiology. So I brewed I brewed in labs in in my undergrad stuff and did it worked on yeast studies um, and did a lot of that stuff. <clears throat> and then when we decided to open the brewery, um we we bought a we bought what we still use as our commercial pilot system and installed it in my house. um, And then did test batches there for um, actually maybe two, three years uh, before we opened up. So I guess, you know, technically we homebrewed for a little bit, but it wasn't like, this wasn't like a Mr. Beer kit that we just grew out of control. We, we did this very intentionally.
0: And your distribu- distribution is growing wider now. I think Tavor definitely helped get your name out there in in places you probably weren't distributing to. That's how I think how we first uh, heard of Drucker was through Tavor. Um, now we're actually seeing you you show up in in shops now, which is which is a great thing for us. Apparently they're selling out though because it was a tough time finding uh, a Drucker on the shelves. But uh, we're definitely seeing you guys more out uh, in stores you guys are doing the festivals do you do you go to get a chance to go to a lot of the festivals
1: yeah i think i did like 25 fests last year wow. um so um i think as a company we did about like 30 and um i don't i don't think that this year is going to be any slower so
0: wow and that, that we're you know it's it's good to know that we're we're coming out of this covid because the, you're right the festivals are uh back in action uh, kind of full steam, and even maybe a little bit more than that, uh, to make up for some of the lost time of uh, us being uh, at home. Um, you, you're quite a busy guy, so you know. I'm looking at the inter- the previous interviews you've done and and some of the background. You're 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 a pretty busy guy with the uh, with multiple hats. What, what's a typical day look like for you?
1: Um, you know, right now we're on the cusp of opening up our Brujala, um expansion project, so a lot of it is you know, checking up on progress there, um, you know, completing the punch list items that we have to do on our end and, and getting ready for planning and marketing and all that stuff. Um, but really, you know, my job from day to day is um, just to, just to work with all of the, all the awesome team members we have here, make sure they have what they need to, um, to do their job. Um, you know, if there's, if there's new ideas or we're going to try and push the envelope on some stuff, getting, getting everything that the, that the team needs to really, you know, kill it on that goal. Um, and then I stay on the strategic side. So you know, I jump in and out of a lot of meetings, a lot of interviews, and we work on a lot of community partnerships too. So it's all, you know, I stay on that strategic and relationship side and it's um, it makes the days fly by. I get to hang out with a lot of awesome people and uh, dream up some crazy shit.
0: I think, to, what's the day today you put the sign up? I saw uh, your yeah. Instagram yeah. post.
1: That just went up, you know, a few hours wow. ago.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Do we have uh Do we have a projected open date for the facility?
1: Uh, not that we're public with yet. Okay, okay, <laughs> but it's it's coming up soon. Um, it'll,
0: it'll be ready to go for Drucker Fest uh, nine, though, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, can I get can I get a comp room uh, uh for Drucker nine?
1: <laughs> I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to get a room for that. Those there's only forty rooms in the hotel, and those are gonna go fast for Drucker
0: Yeah, no doubt. I'm definitely i I've already signed up for the uh, the. Uh, the newsletter i guess when when information comes sure. out see if i can get in there uh to uh to get a room be one of the first people in that place um let's see so we're we're looking at all of these uh sours you guys have quite an enormous what i, what I would call series beers that, that come out chonk being one of them uh let's see brains you guys are doing the slang de jour um do, is, it, is it perch how, how do you pronounce how do you pronounce that Put a, vowel, put, a, put a vowel in there so I can help me out.
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it's uh it's a it's a it's a phonetic word. It, it's uh, it's how we, it's how we would spell the sound of a fart,
0: is what, oh, is there what you pert go. is. So
1: <laughs> then yeah, pert gets used in all those different weird beers and perts where we just have a lot of fun with, with goofy stuff.
0: Did, were, were you the one responsible for that uh, April Fool's beer? Did you try that?
1: Yeah, I did. It was you, I mean did. actually that beer was actually it was it was awesome. It was <laughs> We we tried it warm. We tried the the macaroni and cheese and hot dog beer. Um, (laughs) We tried that warm first. And it, I mean, it was, it was liquid cheese sauce. Um, The only part that got weird about it was when we cooled it down, canned it. And then when it was carbonated, it was, it was kind of just a little bit, it messed with your head a little bit to be drinking cold carbonated cheese sauce. (laughs) Um, But that's exactly what it was.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about it, the Mac Perch Aroni. Uh, and it, I'll read the description I have stuffed to the heavens with cheddar cheese and piles and piles of hot dogs.
1: Yeah. No, we've been, you know, we always um, kind of put a challenge out there to other breweries that, you know, have a lot of fun with coming up with weird, crazy beers for April Fool's Day. And then, you know, the joke is no, we would never make that. Our joke was that, no, we're actually going to make this beer. We're going to make it. It's going to taste exactly like we said it is. This is going to be, it's going to be perfect, but get ready for macaroni and cheese beer. Yeah. Um, I remember
0: remember the post on, I remember the post on that. I think you had two of the employees were chugging it. One got through it. The other one couldn't get through it. He couldn't get through it. That was me.
1: Oh, that was you. (laughs) Yeah, that was me. I couldn't, I couldn't get through it with that. Carbonated cheese is a strange, uh, has a strange mouthfeel.
0: Do you have plans on doing another version or another edition of that this April Fools?
1: Yeah. So that was just to tease out that we're, we're, we launched a festival this year that's the, the Fooler's Ball. Oh, so that's, yeah,
0: that's right. It's,
1: it's April 1st this year. Um, and so it's, it's a festival of weird beers. Um, so we've got a lot of just awesome breweries coming in for that. And then we'll have at least one. We might have a couple. There's a few that we just, um, We've been we've been going back and forth about you know arguing about who whose idea is going to make it, and I, I think we might end up doing just a couple couple different ones and have them out for sampling.
0: Yeah, the VIP in that sold that really quick. I I paused a little bit too long on it. Um, you know, the, obviously the spring's a great time for festivals, so there's a lot of fests going on right now. Um, and I was trying to pull the I don't know if I should pull the trigger on it, but then it it it, it tickets have gone like super quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all sold out.
0: Now you, you know you had a beer for the for the last Trekker Fest, which which sounds like it should be a April Fool's beer, but it was definitely probably the best beer of the event for me. And that was that bacon bacon cinnamon roll sour. Oh, yeah, the, the, the bacon bacon cinnamon roll, I get, but then when you add sour to that, it's it sounds like it shouldn't work. And and to be frank, some of the beers we we try. They sound like they really shouldn't be in a sour type beer, but they wind up being amazing. What is the thought process in coming up with a, a bacon cinnamon cinnamon roll sour?
1: Sure. Well, I think the, the key on that is that um, you really do need to design the beer from the ground up to hit that flavor. So we can't we can't just use maybe like our normal sour base that's you know incredibly tart. Um, we have to we have to dial in that that tartness. Um, for each individual flavor. And and sometimes that means that, um, you know, we're looking for something that's a little bit more balanced or a little bit more citrus forward, citrus acidity, not just lactic acidity. Um, and we, so we start right at the beginning about what, what do we really need for this beer? Um, and that's, that's, um, that's something that we always are working on. Um, we were one of the first breweries in the country to be putting out like mass produced kettle soured beer. So we, we've been working on, you know, kettle sour control, um, dialing in whatever we want for that titratable acidity on every beer from the very beginning. And um, that's what we do for those beers is start at, the, start at the beginning, dial in what we want for that base beer. And then um, every single beer we do is is kind of a learning um, I- experience for us. There's lots of beers that come out, like you might even see like a, like a chunk. There might be a chunk that we do that has um, a new unique ingredient that we're using that we're it's not going to be the front singer on the chonk beer, but we're just testing out to see how this works in the beer, how it comes through. We'll usually put that ingredient in first, see how it is alone. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that, you know, that's a great way to get this flavor into a beer. And then we you know move along and cover it up with, you know, add a lot of marshmallow or the mango or whatever's going into that, that beer. And then we take that, that lesson and bring it over. And now we know how to, now we know how to blow up bacon or maple cinnamon flavor in a beer and do that so everything we do is an experiment for another beer and uh we've honestly we've got a we call them adjunctologists um our brewers are just phenomenal at getting these flavors (laughs) to come out and um they they nail it every time
0: it's like mad science you guys are you guys are mad scientists really
1: yep (laughs) Um, it's it it is hard work um it is really it's hard to get these flavors right you have to be very critical yourself and then it's it's labor intensive. I mean, we're talking about sometimes hundreds and hundreds of pounds of granola or coconut or whatever it is that's going on this beer. And it's, it's actually just, it's technically difficult to work with that stuff on scale. Um, but nobody complains about it here. Um, it's, that's kind of the task that we have at hand. And it's kind of like the, um, it's the reason to grab a beer and celebrate it, celebrate at the end of the day is like, can you guys believe it? We just, we just dumped in like a ton of this thing into a beer and we got it to come through and it's amazing. And, yeah, they just, they celebrate all those challenges.
0: Now, uh, for me, uh, being a a very novice home brewer, um, what what are you adjuncting during, at what point are you adding adjuncts to this brewing process?
1: It it depends on what what we want from the flavor, um, what the beer is, you know, if it, some adjuncts or infused flavors are going to require some heat to get that out. Um, So whether that's through steeping or anything like that, we, we might do that on, on the brew deck, on the hot side, whether it's in the boil kettle, um, you know, done in the whirlpool. We even have a few that we, um, we throw it into the mash and and get it in there. Um, and then um, I'd say the next spot that we use most often is, is after fermentation in, in the bright tank. Um, and we have a multiple different pieces of like specialized equipment that are designed to either infuse flavor, um, mix ingredients, mix ingredients in, and homogenize them in, and get that flavor to come through.
0: And uh, adding adjuncts prior to, uh, like a canning or a kegging, are you you guys are doing that as well?
1: Yep, yep. So we um, we have just a gigantic blending tank that will, um, you know, if we're gonna have a sour beer that's got fruit already in it, and then. Just, that's where we're going to blend in the ice cream that we're going to put in there, or the coconut flavor granola, cinnamon, whatever it is, and that all gets infused and then sent on into our canning line or kegging line.
0: Uh, any uh, any unusual fruits you've used in the past? One that comes to my mind because I've always I wanted to work with the uh, durian as an adjunct, but I have it's one of those things where I wanted I want to play with it for maybe a Halloween type uh, uh, beer. Have, have you ever played around with durian?
1: No, no. Um, I think the, the fruit that eludes us the most is papaya. Ah. You know, we love the flavor. Um, papaya smells terrible. Um, and, um, we can't, can't really bring ourselves to do that or cover it up. So (laughs) that one, we're still, we've, I don't even know. We, we've brought in samples of that from, I think every single supplier in the country that has, you know, bulk papaya processed stuff. And that one, we can't get to work, but, um, no, we're always working on, um, you know, new different stuff or niche niche fruits or like um, single origin stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm laughing because we did a segment last year on on uh, name the adjunct. So we had some adjuncts prepared in jars with food coloring, so we couldn't tell by color what it was. And the, the papaya one was it was a tough one to uh, to get through. So, uh, and I like papaya in certain in certain what delivered in certain things. Uh, but the but the raw papaya is a little tough for me. People, some people love it. But it's a little rough for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're all in that same boat. <laughs> uh,
0: but the, I really want to play with the durian. I'm not quite sure how, how I would do that. But uh, I, you know, the whole thing with the durian is it's supposed to smell like rotting human flesh. Is mm-hmm. what I've heard. I've never encountered it uh, fresh, but it, that's what it's supposed to to give off. So I'm trying to figure out what that would do to add as a, as an adjunct in a beer. I, I, it's going to happen at some point. I mean, for Halloween, <laughs> maybe for Halloween, I'll get around to it uh, this time. Uh, some of the other beers I was just thinking at. So like I said, we're we're really big fans, and we did uh, 52 shows last year, and I was doing a quick uh, search on the document, and uh, in, in about 20 episodes, we referred to Drecker, so in about half of the shows that we did last year, in some way, shape, or form, we were either drinking the beers, talking about the brewery, talking about Drecker Fest, you guys popped up in about half our shows, so there's a, there's a short list of go-to breweries that we know are going to produce solid beers. And uh, by, by far you guys are on, on the short list of, uh, of that for us.
1: Well, that means a lot. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I'm And I'm glad we're able to get them regularly. Tavor again, uh, Tavor is probably a great vehicle for you to get your product out there in the hands of people who, who normally wouldn't get that, I think. Right. How, how did that mm-hmm. relationship with Tavor come about or how, how long has that relationship been going on now?
1: Um, we've been working with Dwarf for quite a long time, probably, probably since 2018. Um, you know, kind of when they were they were growing up, they were growing quite a bit at that time, and um, um, yeah, they had approached us about wanting to wanting to um, do some beer with them, and it was it was kind of a good time at our company too because we were looking for a way to to get beer out to. I mean, all these people that would contact us wanting our weird beers, but we really didn't do a ton of distro across the country. We weren't sure how to do that and um, didn't know if we'd be able to find um, wholesalers or, you know, a way to connect to markets. Um, and what Tavor what ended up doing was just connecting us directly to the awesome people that love our beer and love getting that from Tavor. And so, you know, very shortly we were just, um, we were sending Tavor as much beer as we could get for them. And, uh, it was fun to see where it showed up. Um, people would reach out to us all the time about, you know, wondering what's coming next on tour. Or, you know, is this beer going to hit to I got to make sure I get it because it's going to sell out in seconds. And, um, yeah, it, it it was, it's just been a lot of fun working with them. So they certainly helped us get our name out there. And and then we could also see where people, um, you know, we know. gosh, there's a lot of people in Texas that are love getting our beer into where we, Let's let's figure that out. Let's let's figure out how to get into Texas. That state's kind of a nightmare um, to distribute into, and because of because of the huge to war audience we had there, we we figured it out and made it happen.
0: Uh, talk talk to me a little bit about collaborations. Do you have any collabs coming up with the with other breweries?
1: Yeah, we just um, we just released one on Friday. That was with uh, our our really good friends at the the Barrel Theory. Uh, out of St. Paul, Minnesota, we did a, um, an IPM IPA with them or double IPA with that's Joker in the pack. Um, that was a ton of fun used, um, used, uh, nectar on hops is kind of the prominent hop on that one. And it's, um, it's so much fun. It's like fruity fruit loops just right off the, right off the glass. Um, we've got a few more, well, almost every month we've got a collab coming up now. Um, and, and almost all of our collabs go out into all of our normal distro. So, if you get regular Drucker drops anywhere, um, all of these collabs are probably gonna hit those markets.
0: Yeah, I think we had uh, Mortalis, uh the Mortalis collab last yeah, year. Yeah, Chalk
1: Hydra. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um anything looking and looking forward, anything with like a Weldworks? Um just trying to think uh, who no. else is on our short list. Yeah.
1: Not with Weldworks. Uh we dropped one earlier this well, this fall with with Bottle Logic. Oh yeah. Um that was out in California. Yep, right down um, the
0: street from us. Or not down oh, the great. street, but but de- yeah, definitely I was out there. A drive.
1: Yep, I was out there brewing with them. They'll be at Fooler's Ball this year too. Okay. Um and then I think we've got a bunch of East Coast breweries um on our on our docket right now. We'll do a um we'll do like a mixed pack again for Fooler's Ball with you know bring in a bunch of the breweries on that, brainstorm some stuff and come up with some cool beers for Fooler's Ball. Um, in april and then and then we're doing a, um oh we've got a collab coming up somewhere in florida pretty soon um try to think we got a bunch of them on the on the schedule
0: how does that how does that work do you guys reach out to them do you guys are talking at a fest how, how does a collab come to be
1: yeah you know they're all buddies of ours um sometimes it's um Sometimes it's scientific, you know, we want to research something together where we, um, we've both been talking about like, you know, either a new ingredient or a new style idea that we have that we really want to pull something off. And um, that's where I've had some really cool collabs where it's like, Hey, we want to try this thing. It doesn't really fit into any beer that we do. And um, I'm not, I'm not sure it makes sense over here and it doesn't really make sense for anything that they do. So let's, let's do this in a beer together let's do it as a collab. And then it, then it's just its own thing. And it doesn't really have to live in one of our silos. Um, doesn't have to live in, you know, in anything that matches their brand. Uh, So it's a great opportunity to explore, do some research, um, and experiment together. Um, and then sometimes it's simply just like, Hey guys, we haven't hung out in forever. You gotta, we gotta come there. You gotta come here. We gotta have some beers and we got, let's just, let's brew up our, our dream pale ale while we're doing that. And that's, Sometimes it's just as simple as that. We just want to hang out together and talk shop and watch some stupid movies and drink beer, and then we'll make a beer just because we're together anyway. Um,
0: for Dry January, it seems that there's a lot of breweries putting out non-alcoholic beers. Uh, that is, and that's kind of a, maybe a trend toward producing those. I mean, we're seeing a lot of them from like local or, or craft brewers. Are you? Do you have a non-alcoholic beer uh, anytime soon?
1: You know, our opinion on that is that. Um, you know, NA beers are they're they're hard to make. Um, you have to be very meticulous about it and get to get them to turn out right. Um, and there's so there's some phenomenal NA beers out there. One of our um, one of our friends, uh, the people at Untitled Art, they make some phenomenal uh, NA beers. Our opinion on that is kind of like you know we 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 feel no pressure to make an NA beer when other people are killing it like this we're not going to drop this specialty beer for one month out of the year. We're just going to let these guys kill it because that's what we're drinking too. And um, we don't want to get in there and compete with that or we're happy just drinking their stuff.
0: So going back to the uh, April fool's themed beers, any chance that's going to hit uh distro or Tavor? Cause I think you guys made it on a very small scale this last year, I think.
1: Yep. So um, when we do Drecker Fest, we usually we usually try and make a little extra and get that out to Tabor or to a few markets. Um, I honestly don't know about Fuller's Ball yet this year. It's um, there's a few beers that we want to do that we're we might not really be able to do on a huge scale, so they might stay pretty uh, pretty close to the festival. But Are we'll you... TBD on that.
0: I know you guys are are gearing up to the Bruhala uh, opening. Are you guys already starting to look at Druckerfest
1: nine? Oh yeah, we start planning Druckerfest nine
0: the day I after, mean, <laughs>
1: prob- probably the day after Druckerfest seven. We there. There's kind of an evolving thing. Like, hey, this is going to take more than a year to figure out. So put this on the docket for in two years. And yeah, there's we're always dreaming up new ways to um, to make that a fun, cool, weird event and. That's the that's on the plans already.
0: So last year's theme was kind of a the carnival themed beers at least so as far as the names. Do you guys have you guys selected your collab partners or themes yet for this year?
1: Not yet. That gets harder and harder every year. We we want to just party with everybody, but um, usually we usually we try and pick some people that inspired us over the years and um, or over that year, and then pull some off that would be just really fun. But no, we haven't we haven't picked those up yet. I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of those. Brainstorm sessions at Fuller's Ball too.
0: Let's uh, see. So we talked about brew hall. So, that, so what was who came up with the idea if we wanted to do this community venue where we can uh, where you can host events and have these shops? How did that? How did that vision come to be?
1: Um, you know, it it kind of started as a smaller idea that we really um, we had the land behind the brewery. Um, we kind of we're just brainstorming anything we could do with that. We talked about outdoor concerts or kind of festival things. Um, So a lot of it was like pop-up stuff. And the more we talked about it, we were like, you know, we're going to be using this all the time. Um, And it's Fargo. We only get like five or six really nice months out of the year. Um, We're going to be like kicking ourselves all winter long that we can't do stuff out in this festival field. So maybe let's, let's try and pull this under a bigger umbrella the other part that we were trying to um, really trying to solve was we wanted a food component here at the brewery. Um, we, we have no interest in doing food ourselves. Um, we've got great friends in the area that just do amazing food concepts, super creative and you know, our passion is beer and, and focusing on that stuff. We, we really just wanted to work with people on that. So once we started mashing up this um, you know, we wanted lots of public space. We wanted the ability to do these events. And then we need this food component. We started looking at you know a food hall concept is it really makes a lot of sense, and it brings together a lot of the things that we we really believe in in the community. And we host a lot of it, whether they're like farmers markets or craft festivals. And we had we had seen so many businesses that their their little like pop up or their side hustle thing was was growing so well, they wanted to make it the the real like a real business, you know, twenty four seven brick and mortar. But there was something it was still too big of a gap for them to jump into like a full-on their own store brick and mortar because they wouldn't survive like in a strip mall they don't need a full retail space themselves that the overhead would kill them you know they might be it might be too much of a niche that it it wouldn't it wouldn't be sustainable just by themselves taking on all the overhead and we're like well we started noticing this in food markets like you know that's where that's where some of these uber specialty things can survive and they they all grow together and everyone, you know, all the marketing and and getting people to come there is it's all synergistic. Everyone kind of shares and draws their own customers. And then you you, you go there for the ice cream, but you find, you know, this awesome hot sauce maker there as well. And that's, what's so cool about these markets and, and food halls. So we fell in love with that idea. And then we just started traveling for a couple of years, um, looking at food halls, markets, um, you know, different types of public spaces all over the country and um, came up with what we thought the, the key concepts we needed in the market, what we wanted for a space and what we wanted to be able to do. And um, yeah, then boom, it just uh, out of the, out of the ether fog, we, we, we got Bruhalla.
0: And so we were, we're tentatively expecting that open in the next few months. Yep. And definitely ready for Drucker fest. If oh, yeah. if I can, if I can, if I can get a room there.
1: <laughs> be be quick on the jump with that.
0: I'm sure. That, I'm sure that everyone's going to be hosting like a bottle share, uh, probably uh, during that those few days.
1: <laughs> what you do in your room is is your own business.
0: <laughs> well, I'll definitely look forward to that opening up. i I definitely look forward to uh, the next Drekker Fest. I will. I will. As soon as you guys announce the dates, I'll buy tickets. Oh, actually, not, it's not even a ticketed event. That's probably one of the one things that we always talk about uh, on the show: that the fact that Drekker Fest is there. And it's not a ticketed event. You just show up and you have fun and you experience the beers, you experience the people, you experience uh the food and the concert and the, uh and the, all the other activities you have going on. I, you forget that, that it's not even a ticketed event. It's amazing.
1: That's, Dricker Fest is really our big thank you to just the awesome fans we have out there, all the supporters. It's, it's a year to look back, you know, it's a time to look back at the year and celebrate. And uh yeah, we don't want it to be a ticketed event. Um, We really try not to do that. And um it's, it's all about just hanging out, having fun, and enjoying just a really cool, weird party.
0: This has been Mark Bjornstad. I want to make sure I honor your time getting you out just, just in good time. Uh, this has been Mark from uh, Drecker Uh I'm Leonard, and thank you so much for joining us for this uh, brief interview.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.